Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What? more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles when away. Arrived, the they found the telephone and electricity line. Weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Morning. Cup of murder. When a person's life starts out traumatic, it seems easier to understand them when they do something bad or make bad decisions. On May 24, 1975, a man took his life after going on a rampage and taking the lives of two innocent people. A man who, between his tragic life and his psychological diagnosis, was primed and ready to snap. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Russell Lee Smith was born in Bessemer, Alabama on February 26, 1947. By the time he was four years old, an ore mine accident and tragic death left Russell an orphan. His sister, one of the last members of his family, died of a heart attack when she was just 19 years old. When he was 17, Russell went to live with his aunt in Dayton. In 1968, he began a short marriage with a woman named Laura, who left him because of his despondency and lack of care for anything around him. Shortly after, Russell began a long list of run-ins with the law, like drunkenness, armed robbery, auto theft, and attempted breaking and entering. By 1970, he landed himself in the Mansfield Reformatory after pleading guilty to first-degree manslaughter after a bar fight ended in a shootout. While in prison, he was evaluated by psychiatrists who found him to have a number of sociopathic traits and found that he acted violently in stressful situations. They concluded that, in the future, these things would undoubtedly cause an issue and that he was a danger to himself and others. 
Yet, somehow, he was placed on probation in July of 1971, just 10 months after he was sentenced. It wouldn't take long for the psychiatrist to be proven right and for others to suffer at the hands of Russell Lee Smith. On May 24, 1975, at around midnight, Russell and his 16-year-old girlfriend, Joan Gatewood, drove to a local motorcycle club in Dayton, Ohio, to confront a man named Joseph Pickett, who Russell believed was dating Joan behind his back. He called the man outside, and the two began an argument in the parking lot. In the middle of the fight, Russell pulled out a 38 caliber pistol and shot Joseph in the chest. He then shot O.C. Lee Curry, who, upon hearing the commotion, had gone outside to see what was going on. O.C. was injured, but escaped with his life. He and Joan then drove away, and after starting a fight with him in the car, she was shot in the head. He then drove towards the St. Elizabeth's Medical Center, where he shot and seriously injured James Bailey in front of a YMCA building. When he arrived at the medical center's emergency ramp, he pushed Joan's body out of the car and drove off. While driving on the highway, he passed the car of George Christofferson and forced him off the road. Before driving off, he fired twice into his windshield and wounded the stranger. A few blocks later, he came upon the Baltozer family, who was just getting into the car. He approached the family and shot parents Charles and Carol Baltozer. He then shot their 17-year-old son, Charles Jr., before turning to their 6-year-old daughter, Heather Ann, and shooting her in the chest. He then returned to his car and stopped at a diner where 25-year-old Paulette Couch worked. He took the woman hostage and kept driving. He then approached Tom Edwards, who was about to let his girlfriend, 19-year-old Lisa Hardin, out of the car into her home. Russell held Tom at bay and forced Lisa into his car. Paulette took the chance and attempted to escape her captor, but as Russell noticed her flee, he shot her in the back of the head, killing the young woman. He then took his new hostage, Lisa, and knocked at the door of another house and asked the woman inside if he could use her bed. She obviously answered no, and he kidnapped her as well. When he drove off with his two hostages, he wrecked his car and began to struggle to keep them under his control. When he finally regained the upper hand, he raped both Lisa and the unidentified 18-year-old girl. He took the girls back to the road and tried to enter another home. When the woman who answered slammed the door in his face, he shot twice into her dwelling. He made one last stop at the home of Anne Wenzelwitz and shot her in the neck when she told him she didn't have a car. Last to come into contact with this spree killer were Frank Smith and Anthony Brown, who were flagged down at 2.22 a.m. As he was about to shoot the driver, the police began to swarm in on him. Realizing he was cornered, Russell Smith turned that 38 caliber around and shot himself in the head. In the end, out of all of the ones attacked, shockingly, only two perished, Joan Gatewood and Paulette Couch. But with the end of his life came any chances of understanding what set him off that day and why he suddenly snapped. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to find out what terrible thing happened on May 25th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, 
easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.